Good morning, class. <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, Keith Moore, and this is Faith School, and we welcome you to join the class today. Faith School is the place where our spirit gets fed, our faith gets nourished and built up, and we learn how to please God and to be overcomers in this life. Uh, it's not just automatic when you're born again. You are a baby in God, in Christ, and you need to be fed, and you need to grow up, and uh, the, not just fed natural food, but fed spiritual food. And when your spirit is fed and nourished, and your spirit grows stronger, your faith gets stronger. And this is how God has told us to live. We live by faith, we walk by faith, and in fact, we're learning how to live just like our Father, the Creator of the heavens and earth, lives and operates. It's the most wonderful thing. I mean, the faith, the life of faith is a life of adventure. It's, it's an exciting life. It can be rough on your flesh because you don't know how everything's going to happen. You don't see, you know, exactly what's, how it's going to turn out in the natural uh, before you take your step, you take your steps like Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. But it is always so amazing to see how God makes things happen, how he brings it all to pass and makes it all work out when we dare to trust him and step out in faith. So uh, we got your desk saved for you again. Uh, get your Bible, get something to take notes on, come into the class and join us. We're going to pray right now and believe to get exactly what we should receive today. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you boldly before the throne of grace, asking for grace and help and mercy and answers and direction. Only you can minister to everybody that is uh, seeing and hearing right now and that will see and hear even in the future, you know where things will be and what needs to happen. And so we're asking for that miraculous ministry of being able to minister to us the significant thing for right now for every one of us. And as we hear it and receive it, we'll put it into practice and be doers of it and we're expecting you to watch over it and bring it to pass as you are so faithful to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, get out your textbook. Let's go again to scripture that we looked at uh, on yesterday, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse uh, 13. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We, we, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. He's referring to the same spirit of faith as the patriarchs of old, as uh, every man or woman who has followed God fully and believed Him and seen uh, answers to prayer and miraculous things happen, 
He's talking about all the patriarchs that are mentioned in Hebrews 11, um, all the great things that happened for them. We have the same spirit of faith as they, as Moses, as Abraham, as Elijah, Elisha, Peter, Paul, John, as Jesus. We've got the same spirit of faith. Sit out loud, I have, I have the same spirit of faith. Well, then he tells us what the spirit of faith looks and sounds like and how it acts. He said, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Now, he mentions not one thing, but two things. What are they, class, these two things? I believed, and what else? I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Many Christians, many in the body of Christ, have not got the revelation of the speaking part. When they talk about believing, they don't associate it with speaking. But there is no such thing as the spirit of faith with no speaking. God released his faith through his words, creation, Genesis account, etc., etc. He's always done it. He continues to do it. We're made in his likeness and image. Go with me to Romans, please, the 10th chapter, Romans chapter 10. And notice something that every believer should know because this is, if you are a believer, this is how you became a believer. Romans 10, verse 8, he said, What saith it? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Where's this word? Where is faith? It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. Come on, somebody say it out loud. It's in my mouth, in my mouth. and in my, in my heart. See, not just in your heart, but in your heart and in your mouth. Verse 9, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. How do you get saved? Not just by believing. This, we need mind renewal in this area. He's already said it once, then he said it again in verse 9. He's about to say it for a third time in the next verse. Two things going on here, not just one. Believing in the heart, and what else? Speaking, saying, with the mouth. Now, there's a reason why this seems strange to a lot of folks. They, you know, at, at our churches, at Faith Life Church, all our folks know we frequently, we make confessions. We, uh, 
uh, every offering and, and usually, you know, several times throughout the, uh, the, the services. And sometimes visitors that, that come that hadn't seen that before, they find that a little odd, you know. <laughs> People around them are saying things and they're like, you know, when, when I go to church, I don't say anything. I just, you know. <laughs> In fact, they find it kind of disruptive and, and rude, you know. You should be quiet while the service. No, no. Uh, from the beginning, the church spoke and knew that Jesus was the high priest, apostle and high priest of our confession. This is something that the church lost as the years went by and became silent. And that's, uh, that's no uh, coincidence. The reason why the church went that way is because the enemy influenced it that way. Who wants the church to be silent? Who wants the church to not speak anything in faith and power that the head of the church can confirm and do in the earth? It's not God. It's the enemy. And he, uh, through his agencies and thoughts and feelings and uh, spiritual influence, is always trying to shut you up from saying anything positive and saying anything faith-filled or anything Word of God. And you got to resist that because the temptation at times will be to just get just quiet and just slump and feel sorry for yourself and just lay there and sit there and think bad thoughts. But friend, if you do that, you're losing the battle. You've got to use the weaponry that's available to you. The scripture says, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal and natural, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And you'll find that one of the greatest weapons we have is the, uh, the sword of the spirit. And the Bible, if you read about Jesus, it said that spirit comes out of his mouth, out of his mouth goes the two-edged sword. Well, that's how we wield the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God as well. You don't handle it with your hand. It's not a physical battle. You handle it with your mouth. And uh, we can slice through some problems if we'll learn how to speak faith-filled words at the right place and the right time. How did we get born again? Let's look at it again. How did we get born again? Verse, verse 9. If you will what? Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, or as some say, uh, Jesus is Lord. And, 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 and if you will believe in your heart. Now see, a lot of folks have changed this. They have completely eliminated the confess with your mouth part. And all they talk about is believing. What do you believe? Do you believe? Are you a believer? Yeah, I'm a believer. Well, if you said you're a believer, you did just confess. But folks haven't realized the way we get started in the Christian life is not the end of this process. The way we got born again is also the way we're supposed to live Every day, it's the same process we're supposed to walk 
victoriously and successfully by doing these two things, believing in our heart and speaking and saying with our mouth. Sit out loud, class, believing in my heart and speaking with my mouth. Let's say it again. Believing in my heart and saying with my mouth. Now, I don't think any uh, Christian that's a real Christian would dispute the fact that's how you got born again. That's how you got saved. That's how you got into the kingdom of God. The revelation is that's not the end of how you're supposed to operate. We're supposed to do this every morning, every noon, every night. Verse 10, look at it again. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. He keeps mentioning it three times here. In these three verses, he, he emphasizes, you believe with your heart, and you confess and say with your mouth. You believe with your heart, you confess with your mouth. There are people that have made fun of uh, people like me and people like us, and they say, oh, y'all are that, that confession bunch. Some have said, y'all are that, that blab it, grab it bunch. Well, what are they making fun of, though? Whose idea is it that you confess with your mouth? That's not something I came up with or some other uh, preacher come lately. No, this is the Word of God, and it's not some isolated verse. As, you, as you'll see, we're going to keep studying into this on, on faith school. This is how it works. And there's a reason why uh, many people have mocked this. It's the enemy. He does not want a child of God believing in their heart and saying with their mouth because this is how God himself operates. And when you begin to do this with the word of God in your mouth and faith in your heart, the enemy can't stop it. He, he has no ability to overcome this. It will cause things to change in our life. Oh, if only every, every parent knew this. And instead of talking about uh, how bad their kid is, uh, instead of talking about how that they won't pay attention or they won't mind or they won't do this, instead of just reacting to what you're seeing and hearing and feeling, if they learned how to speak faith words over them and say they're good kids, even if you don't feel like they're good kids right now, you say they're, they're good kids, Johnny's smart, He's bright. I've got some of the best kids. They mind so well. They're well behaved. And you're not talking about what you feel. You're not even talking about how they're acting today. You are releasing. You're believing something in your heart. You're releasing words uh, through the confession of your, your mouth. It gives God something to work with. It allows heaven to get involved with earth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We need to bind up the bad stuff. We need to loose the good things. And we need to do it by believing in our heart and saying and speaking with our mouth. 
Now, notice this verse here. He said, uh, verse 10, Romans 10, 10, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Here's Revelation. It didn't say that uh, salvation unto confession. It said confession unto salvation. Many have thought, well, I get saved and then I confess that I'm saved. That's not how it says it happens. Conf read it again so you know that I'm, I'm getting it right. With the mouth, it didn't say salvation occurs unto confession. What did it say? Confession is made unto salvation. It's again like God operates. Light didn't come into being and then God said, there it is. Oh, look, there it is. He's not responding to something he sees in fields. Faith, we, we walk by faith, not by sight. We believe something before we see it. We speak for it to change before we experience any change. We don't just speak words that are reactive. We speak words that are creative. Creative words. Faith-filled words create. Faith-filled words change. Faith-filled words restore and heal. Faith-filled words release provision. Protection, abundance. Now, the enemy will do his best to keep you away from this. He'll say, oh, that's, that's a bunch of junk. I don't, I don't go for all that. This is not a bunch of junk. Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10 is not junk. Watch out about what you call junk. <laughs> Who wants the mouths of believers closed. Who? God? The one who told us to confess? Jesus, who's called the apostle and high priest of our confession? No, no. It's the enemy that wants you silent. It's the enemy that wants you just yielding and reacting, but never speaking to change. Spiritual people don't just speak to communicate. Spiritual people speak to create. They speak to change. They're acting like their father. They're imitating him as dear children. With the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, I want to remind you of the, the earth and heaven connection. Go with me to Matthew 16. We've referred to it, but it is so significant. I want, I want you to get more scripture about it. In Matthew 16 and 19, Matthew 16, 19, he said, I will give to you, Jesus said, 
the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, does that sound like a significant thing? <laughs> because it is. What are they? Here it is. Whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Is there a connection between what happens on earth and what happens in heaven? But, but which one did he mention first, earth or heaven? <laughs> See, most people got it, got it backwards. They're thinking, well, God does something from heaven and it releases it for the earth. God doesn't change. What has been bought and paid for has already been made available. No. How's it, how does it work? Whatever you shall bind where? On earth shall be bound in heaven. Which one does he mention first? Earth. You do something on earth and there's a, a confirmation in heaven. Whatever you will loose, shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. How do, how do we bind things? You do it with words. We're to rule and reign, Romans says, in life. And he's talking about as kings. As kings. How does a king rule and reign? If a king or a queen wants a ditch dug, they don't look for a shovel. Do they? They say, what? Let the ditch be dug. <laughs> right? They have just released resources and personnel for ditch digging. Right? If they want the ditch digging to stop, they don't have to leave their throne room. They don't have to go and get in the ditch and physically stop the people. All they have to do is what? Bind it with their words. Let the ditch digging stop. <laughs> now I know we, we find this humorous, but is that how God operates? He operates that way. He, he says it and it's done. He didn't have to personally go physically do something. Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Who are the kings he's king of? Who are the lords he's lord of? We are in training right now to rule and reign with him past this life in his eternal kingdom. We are kings and lords in training under the king of kings, lord of lords. Well, how do you train for something that's coming up to, to rule and reign? By practicing ruling and reigning down here on less significant stuff, on physical things, on temporary things. All this is passing away. This is, you know, we, we call this faith school, but really life is faith school. And we're supposed to be learning valuable lessons that we'll take with us past this life. How do kings rule and reign? How do kings bind and loose? With their words. Look, look with me. We, we read that in Matthew 16. Look in Matthew 10. If you're close by, Matthew 10, 32. 
Matthew 10, 32, you see the same earth-heaven connection where uh, Jesus said, Whoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Is there an earth-heaven connection? There is. And notice which one he mentions first. Not the heaven, earth, but what? Earth, something happens in earth, and it happens in heaven. Because God really has given us a free will. And everything is not up to him. You can't leave up to him what he left up to you. He said, if you'll confess me before men, it's not okay to be a closet Christian and don't want anybody to know that I believe in Jesus or that I've confessed Jesus as Lord. That's not okay. Did, did you read this? If you deny him before or in front of men, he said he would deny you before the Father in heaven. You don't want that. In this life, and especially in judgment to come and in the life to come, you want Jesus sticking up for you. You want him, and if your name comes up about anything, you want him to stand up and say, yes, they're mine. I know them. They are mine. But in order for him to claim you now and then and there, you need to claim him here and now in front of people. And if, you've, if you haven't done that, good news. Today's your day. We're going to do it right now. If you've never confessed Jesus as Lord, I want you to, if you're standing up or you're sitting close to the screen, come a little closer. And I want you to say this with us. And in the first opportunity you get, you tell anybody else that wants to listen unashamedly before men. Everybody said out loud, Father God. I believe in you. And I confess Jesus as Lord of my life. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of believing in Jesus. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. I trust in you, Lord. And I'm bold to confess. I am a Christian. I am a child of God. Forever, I will follow you. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you've prayed that prayer, said that for the first time, you know something amazing has happened in you. Contact the ministry. Let us know so we can shout with you. But most importantly, do not hide. Don't hide your light under a bushel. No, let your little light shine. Let everybody see and know. Praise God. Well, that's it for today. We'll see you next time in Faith School.